Chapter 20 Devastation and Creation A student came to me once and said, Oh, it was better to live in those ancient times than now. I asked him why, and he said it was a better time than this one, a time when one could write of real adventure and feel the excitement of true challenges. I had to laugh and tell him that were he truly living in those times, he would have so many adventures and challenges that he would neither the time nor the desire to write. He would be too busy trying to survive. Arkal, Argivian Scholar You all right? said a voice from deep within a well. Joda turned toward the voice. It was watery and distant, but it was present. He felt himself moving toward it. You all right? said the voice again, cleared this time. He recognized it, but wasn't quite sure from where. You all right? said the voice a third time, and Joda knew the voice. It had once said in the same tone, You want the rest of your ham? Fine, Shannon, said Joda, opening his eyes. I'm fine. Multiple Shannons, Shanai, danced in front of his vision, then joined together to form a single mage. Overweight, softly dressed, with grimy white hair, face caked in soot, and mud, but otherwise no different than the last time Joda saw him. You all right? said Shannon, and Joda held up a hand, if nothing else, to stop him from saying the same thing again and again. Joda blinked, and the rest of the world swam into view. The citadel was a caved-in wreckage. Its glorious towers and walls, nothing more than rubble. An avalanche of smashed buildings slouched down the shoulder of the mountain. Fires were still burning somewhere within, and thick plumes of smoke rose from a dozen places. There were survivors. Sima, some of the servants, a few of the younger mages, now huddled among the wreckage, shaking their heads. And Shannon, protected by whatever spell it is that protects fools and children. Shannon helped him to his feet. I was outside when it happened, he said. I was getting my gardening tools. I had left them behind when the dinner bell rang. He looked at the devastation. I missed most of it. You were lucky, said Joda. Seema stood with her arms crossed, a short distance away from either group of servants or mages. She was watching the two of them. He wanted to know when you were up, said Shannon. He? said Joda, and looked up toward the mountainside. A lone figure was seated on the outermost stones of the maze work. It was a lean figure, its once wild hair, now tamed, dressed in tasteful, if outdated, robes, no longer a dragon of uncontrolled power. Oh, him, said Joda, and stood up. He staggered a few steps, and Shannon was there. You're all right, said Shannon. Stop saying that, said Joda. He took a deep breath and said, Yes, now I have to go talk to him. Is he? said Shannon. Is he what? said Joda. The other mages were talking, said Shannon. Is he him? You know, him? You see any other mages going over to him? asked Joda. Shannon said nothing. Joda added, Then you should assume he probably is. With that, Joda started again toward the lone figure. His legs functioned better after the first 15 feet. About halfway there, he remembered to check if he still had the mirror. It was tucked neatly inside his vest, near his heart. He had not remembered putting it there, 
The lone, lanky figure rose as Joda approached. Friend Ith! I prefer Lord, normally, said Ith, with a wary smile. But I will accept friend from you, Joda. I want to thank you for bringing me back. Joda shrugged and said, You thanked me once already. Ith bowed and said, Then I must do so again, for saving my body, for saving my mind, for saving my soul. Joda shook his head. I reacted more than I acted. I didn't make any choice until it was almost too late. But you were there, said Ith, and you did choose. Your ragman brought me, said Joda levelly. Ith nodded. I instructed him, in a moment of lucidity, to find someone to save me. He found you. Do you know why? Because I was of Jarsal's bloodline? Because there was something about Jarsal's grandfather? Because I had the mirror at that moment? Joda shook his head. I don't know. Ith gave a tired smile. I don't know either, but I was looking for someone to free my physical shackles, and the ragman sought out someone to free me from my madness as well. You destroyed the ragman, said Joda. Do you remember that? Ith nodded warily. I destroyed many things. He waved out a hand to the tumbled desolation ahead of them. You have to destroy in order to create anew. Remember that, child, above all else. Joda said nothing. Ith let out a sigh. This place was a place of power, a weak spot in the fabric between the worlds. I thought I could master the forces that haunted it. In the end, they almost mastered me. In my vanity, I did not see Marisol's treachery until he slammed the cage door behind me. I think the darkness of this place got to him as it almost got to me. A different way, perhaps. But still, it got to me. What are you going to do now? said Joda. I'm going elsewhere, said Ith. Going into hiding. The local towns would never tolerate another conclave here, and the church knows where we are now. And besides, and he sighed deeply, this world is dying. It's much colder and darker and emptier, and it will get worse before it gets better. Do you want to come with me? Me? said Joda, surprised. I could use an assistant, an apprentice, said Ith. My last one came to a bad end. The position is open. Joda thought for a moment, then shook his head. Why not? said Ith. He did not seem upset by Joda's decision. I've been stumbling from one position to another, said Joda, choosing his words carefully. I need to learn how to master my skills and to find what makes them work. I need a little more structure, said Ith, a slight smile on his lips. Order. Perhaps, said Joda. You're going to the City of Shadows then, said Ith, and looked past him at Sima. Perhaps, said Joda. Ith took a long, hard look at the young man. Then he nodded and allowed himself a laugh. I don't know who it will be harder on, he said. You or them? He held up a hand when Joda began a protest. I think you'll be a powerful scholar among them. I think that's the right choice. If you want to go, then I want to tell you the secrets of using the safe havens. They stood there for ten minutes 
as it carefully detailed how one operated the transporting caves. He made Joda repeat the secret phrases three times and pointed out that it was important to hold the phrases in the top of one's mind, not to speak the words. At last, he said, You won't reconsider? Joda shook his head, but said, Where will you go? Away, said Ith. Somewhere where I could gather my power and my sanity. Some place where I could finish my protective maze and hide at its center. I want to write down what I discovered in the darkness. Write my memoirs. He laughed and added, Perhaps even write a history or two to confound those who follow. Joda nodded toward the huddled mages far away across the shattered maze work. What about them? Ith's face turned stony for a moment. They followed another path of magic, a path laid out by my student. I allowed them to live, but they are no longer my concern. Joda was quiet, and then said, So you will travel alone? Ith brightened slightly. I never travel alone. I have my ragman. You destroyed? started Joda. A ragman, said Ith. Sometimes it is necessary to destroy in order to create a new. He waved his hand, and the figure rose from where it had been sitting on the far side of the wall. It was dressed in tatters and rags, but it was shorter than the ragman that Joda had known. It had broad shoulders and muscles beneath the tattered finery. It carried itself with a sense of power that made it seem larger than it was. The face was covered, but Joda did not have to guess who was beneath the rags. Farewell, friend Joda, said If, turning toward the mountains. May you find what you seek. And you as well, friend If, said Joda to the ancient mage's back. He walked back to the others. Sima met him halfway. Shannon was still with the other mages, talking in low tones. What was that all about? she asked. He made me an offer, said Joda. I turned him down. Sima looked at Joda, and for the first time, Joda felt she was looking at him with new eyes. So, what are you going to do? said Sima. We, said Joda, should go to the City of Shadows. Sima nodded. I think I could get a small boat and scavenge enough supplies for the two of us. Joda shook his head. I mean, we, you, me, and the other mages, and the surviving servants, anyone we could find. Sima blinked at Joda. Are you mad? Ith was mad, said Joda. At least for a while. Do I look like Ith? We owe these people nothing, said Sima. Ith said that as well, said Joda. I disagree. We owe them what we ourselves would hope to expect if we were in their position. We are all mages, and magic, for all the definitions we want to throw on it, is nothing more than a tool. We should use that tool to keep others from suffering as we have suffered. Sima said nothing, and Joda added, Besides, your city of shadows could benefit from their knowledge and experience. We don't have enough supplies to reach the city with all of them, said Sima. Or boats. I can use magic to reach the city now, said Joda. And I could take you there. All of you. Sima sputtered for a moment, then looked at him through serious, slitted eyes. I'm not going to win this one either, am I? Joda shook his head. No, 
You aren't. Can I ask at least why you want to do this? She said. Because? Joda surveyed the damage and turned back to Seema. It just feels right. Seema let out a long sigh, then said, Then we'll do it. But I'll warn you, once you get to the City of Shadows, you'll have to have some proper training. You have a lot to learn. All of you. Joda surveyed the wrecked citadel and inhaled deeply the cold air that swirled through the ashes. It smelled of ice and of dying magic. So do you, he said, smiling grimly. So do all of you.